Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. On today's special bonus episode, we'll review our final bake-along of our Pumpkin Palooza Month, the Pumpkin Cookies with Caramel Frosting. And we'll award a coveted blue ribbon to the pumpkin treat we loved best. So put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, there's only a few more episodes until we celebrate our big birthday. (laughs) So exciting. (laughs) Episode 100 is coming. Listeners, if you haven't yet weighed in on your favorite recipe from our first 100 episodes, please do head on over to our Facebook group and let us know the recipe you most enjoyed making or the one that is still on your list to try. If you're not a member of Facebook, you can also send us an email message. We're host at preheatedpodcast.com. Yeah, can't wait to see how this one's going to turn out. And Andrea, one of my favorites over the last 100 episodes was Prince Harry's Caramel Banana Cake. That was back in our Royal Treatment Month of episode 77, of course. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That was so good. Prince Harry back in the news, of course, with his bride, Meghan Markle, announcing recently she was expecting their first child. So congratulations. And in a preheated first, Andrea, that I have heard about, we recently had a family friend who made Prince Harry's cake for her food tech class. This is now what they're calling home ec over here, maybe worldwide. I'm not sure when that phrase came into being. Food tech class. She made it because there's a big cancer fundraiser here called the Macmillan Cancer Support Coffee Morning, and she encouraged her food tech class to make this. So a group of teenage um, teenagers made Prince Harry's banana cake, sold it at this coffee morning. Everyone just loved it, and they made money for this very worthwhile charity. So if we have been involved in a bake sale before, that was a first for me. Have you... Have you heard of that? That's so fun. I love that. I love the idea that it's called a coffee morning fundraiser. That just sounds like so much fun for me. And that cake is good with coffee. I remember having it in the morning. And it it can, I mean, it's good all day, but it's really good in the morning. I do remember that. Yeah. So thanks for Piper and shout out to her and her food tech class. You know, listeners will know I am a huge advocate of home ec or food tech or whatever you want to call it. Just teach people to cook. And so really, really happy that Preheated played a role in a really worthwhile charity as well. So way to go, Piper. Me too. Way to go, Piper. And way to go, England, for keeping those home ec classes rolling. I'm not sure we still have those in the States. I got to look into that a little bit more. Well, up this week, we are going to review our pumpkin cookie with caramel frosting. This comes from food blogger Lauren over at the Taste Better from Scratch website. Stefan, why don't you go ahead and tell us how this pumpkin cookie turned out for you? I loved these pumpkin cookies with caramel (laughs) frosting. (laughs) I loved them so much, Andrea. I loved them a little too much. I can't stop thinking about them, and I've made them twice. So, (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. And you said this was your first time making a frosted cookie. 
I love it. I love that this was a frosted cookie. That just seemed a little more elegant to me. I had thought that the cookie part of this recipe would come together really quickly, which indeed it did. I think this recipe gives you a tip off at the very first intro line there when it says, a soft and cake-like pumpkin cookie topped with a delicious caramel frosting. So have you ever had a whoopie pie, Andrea? Oh, our minds work so much alike. (laughs) I... I know exactly where you're going with this. Lay it on me. I love a whoopie pie. Well, a whoopie pie has the filling in the middle. And so not only did I turn some of these into a whoopie pie, Mm -hmm. but I also then thought, hmm, cake-like, as I'm working with this dough, which was very cake batterish, mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to your recent uh, amazingly edible segment where you turned some cookie batter into some cake batter. And I thought, I'm going to make some jumbo cupcakes. And oh. that's what I did. I frosted them up. They were incredible. I loved this recipe from top to toe. It was super easy. It was divinely delicious. I can't say enough about this one. I really, really loved it. How did it go for you? I also loved this recipe. I thought it was super easy to make. I, I'm starting to realize that I have a little issue with pumpkin cookies um, because yeah. with the, the prior recipe, the one that kind of I messed up or, you know, the recipe didn't work for me, I turned it into a cake. And I had yeah. made the comment then that I liked the flavor, but it was the texture that was the problem. And I ran okay. into the same thing with this recipe, although here I, I definitely thought it worked. It's just a personal preference. I'm realizing that what it reminds me of, do you recall uh, during the, you know, weight loss days? I believe, of the 80s or 90s, when everyone was throwing applesauce into cookies instead of butter. (laughs) Oh, including me. So yes, Yes. I remember it well. And so the cookies would get this sort of cake-like texture. And I finally realized that's what this is reminding me of. And it's, of course, it's from the pumpkin. And this is certainly not a weight loss cookie by any means. Oh, yeah, right. Um, But I think that's just part of my problem is, is, Pumpkin cookies, to me, that texture takes more like a cake. And so when I thought of it as a whoopie pie, it totally changed my opinion. And when, you know, I took the cookies and did what you do with a whoopie pie, where you put the filling between the two layers of the cookie, I think that's really the fun way to go here. The cookie came together very easily. It cooked up nicely. My frosting... um, I had a little bit of a challenge. I mean, I made the frosting as she directed, combining the the butter, the cream, the brown sugar, and the salt, and cooked it until yeah. it came to a boil. And then I took it off the heat. I stirred in the cup of powdered sugar. I did not sift my powdered sugar because she didn't say to, and I kind of wish I had because yeah. I, I got a few lumps, so I had to be fairly aggressive <laughs> when it came to stirring. With your whisk, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she has you cool the frosting to room temperature and then stir in enough of additional powdered sugar to make a good frosting consistency. Now, yeah. my problem here was this this kept hardening to the point where I would have to add in um, a little more whipping cream to get it liquid enough to, you know, spread on my cookies again. Did you run into okay. any problems with the the texture or hardening of the frosting? So I did not add in that additional sugar. I only used oh, one cup of okay. sugar. So mine was already thinner to begin with because I had that same thought as I was preparing this, I 
thought to myself, this is already pretty thick. I don't think I need any more okay. sugar. And it was plenty sweet. I didn't need any sweetener either. So I did stop at just the first cup and it worked fine, c- consistency and taste-wise. Okay, good to know. I think if I make these again, I might add a little orange food coloring to the frosting. I just think oh. it would be pretty. I was, I, I wanted these to be a little bit prettier um, when yeah. I was done with them. I can tell you that they do freeze very well, although I want to warn you to put some sort of layer like a parchment paper between your layers <laughs> because otherwise okay. the you know that pumpkin cake like texture is going to freeze to the frosting if you stack them on top of each other and it's it's not going to be very pretty although they still do taste great so yeah I thought these turned out really well I love a cookie that you can freeze I think it's really fun to have frozen cookies in your freezer you can just pop them out let them um, defrost naturally or if you have a microwave throw them in the microwave for a few seconds and they're ready to go I think your point, too, about how you talk about this recipe, cookie is not the first thing that comes to my mm-hmm. mind either. The first batch I just did as the recipe instructed, and I thought, oh, these are like those muffin tops because it just yes. is the dome shape and it, you know, they flatten out and in the baking process. And I thought, oh, that just looks like the top of a, of a cupcake, which is what then also struck me as inspiration for making my jumbo muffins. I can tell you they work so great as a cupcake. So if you don't even want to make the yeah. cookie, you've got a great cupcake here. And for anyone who's interested, I did my jumbo muffin tin uh, 20 minutes at the same temperature there, which was 375, and they were really perfect. Oh, good, so. good. Thanks for trying that. I'm glad you did that. So remember, we will have a link to that recipe, which was the pumpkin cookie with caramel frosting from Lauren at Tastes Better from Scratch. This is episode 97.5. You can look in the show sheets on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as our Facebook page. Stefan, this is October. We do have five Mondays, and you know what that means. I do. I do indeed. Bonus. Bonus. We are awarding a blue ribbon to the October dessert that each of us liked the most. So quick rundown in case you haven't listened to all of our October episodes. In episode 95, we did the pumpkin crumb cake muffins from Sally's Baking Addiction. Episode 96, the coconut pumpkin chiffon pie from Southern Living. Episode 97 was those pumpkin soft-baked pretzels from Alaska from scratch. And in this episode, episode 97.5, of course, we're talking about those pumpkin cookies with caramel frosting from Taste Better from Scratch. Stefan, which one got your blue ribbon? Often months we have different flavors or it's very apples to oranges being able to compare. This month we had the nice quality that everything was made with pumpkin, even though those things were very disparate, right? Very I mean, a pie different. Or a pretzel or a cookie. And we we tried to do that on purpose, obviously, to keep ourselves and hopefully our listeners entertained. Um, also, I think just to show how versatile the pumpkin could be. Yeah. So yeah. I really loved this month. I'm so glad we did it. I loved all of these. So this was a really hard one for me. Um, that pie, as you all remember, was just kind of an obsession of mine. And I'd always wanted to try it. <laughs> I loved that pumpkin chiffon pie. The pumpkin muffins from Sally's Baking Addiction were so beautiful, so bakery ready. The pumpkin pretzels we talked about last episode in episode 97. Just a really nice twist, no pun intended, on that <laughs> soft pretzel. And then today, the pumpkin cookies with caramel frosting. So at the end of the day, I'm going with the pumpkin cookies. 
with caramel frosting, but I'm going to rebrand them as pumpkin cupcakes with caramel frosting from Taste Better from Scratch. I have made this recipe twice. It is fast, it is easy, and it tastes delicious. You can do cookies, you can do whoopie pies, you can do jumbo cupcakes. (laughs) I love a versatile recipe. That's my blue ribbon. Yeah, that's a good one. Andrea, how about you? Well, I am not going to be awarding it to the same thing. I've got a different choice. This month, I am going with the coconut pumpkin chiffon pie from Southern Living. Oh, yes. I loved this pie. I thought it was so easy. And I have made it twice. I Again, I love the recipe. I mentioned several times how well ordered it was. So that really helped me making this pie and and makes me go through my day quite easily, not having to think about all the resting times or waiting times or chilling times. It's just laid out very, very well. And I just can't forget my husband's reaction when I gave it to him. And he said, this, this is what I've been looking for. You know, this is the pumpkin pie I've always wanted. So I know I'm going to be making this for our Thanksgiving dessert table without question. And I have a feeling I will be making it for some other people as well. Ooh, that sounds like a bit of a mysterious hint there to someone who might be listening. (laughs) I love it. I love that pie too. And it's, you know, we talked about how difficult it can be to fiddle with a traditional pumpkin pie, but that pie is just so different and so unique. And of course, could we forget the pie king that we must also thank. For That's that. right. So no, no. And one thing I want to add in, I learned this after I recorded episode 96. And we talked about that recipe called for a 10 inch pie pan. And we were mm. a little bit flummoxed by oh, that yeah. because we weren't sure if we had one. Yeah. When I went back and read some of the reviews on this pie, I noticed in there, there was a comment from a pastry chef named Katie. And she mentioned that it was her mother, Barbara Delaney, who oh. had submitted the recipe. Oh, great. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to see her saying um, we could never not serve this pie. It is the most requested pie we have. But she made the comment that that particular recipe also works really well to fill two eight-inch shallow pie pans. So that is something that I think is good to know. If you're having to make more than one pie, you can still use just this one recipe, but you can end up with two pies. What a bonus. I mean, speaking in in an episode full of bonuses, there's another one. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I had all that leftover filling, which I I never really could find anything to do with. Well, (laughs) I should say I couldn't find anything to repurpose it into. I'll just leave it at that. But, you know, that would be a good way to make sure you used all your ingredients. So, yeah, it was so interesting. The minute we finished recording that episode, I ran down to the kitchen and my pie plate just my standard Pyrex. You know, you can get them for three bucks at like a Fred Meyer type of store, drugstore. It was a 9.5. Okay. So I still don't know. I I still don't have a 10-inch, and that seemed interesting to me. I didn't think it was going to be 9.5. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have just said 9. So were you measuring from edge to edge, or were you measuring the diameter of the base? Because, you know, most pie pans are slanted on the sides. I was simply looking at the number on the bottom. Oh, it actually told you. Oh, Pyrex had said, yes. (laughs) I was just reading. That's all I was doing. (laughs) Here I am thinking you're whipping out your tape measure and being all scientific about it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, most of my pie pans, I use old pie pans that I get from Goodwill, and I have a lot yeah. of those tin ones, and most of them are 8-inch and 9-inch. Okay. So that's funny that yours is 9 and a half, and then this was calling for a 10. So lots of options out there. And you know what? There's never a, such a thing as too much pie, so you can always find something to do with it. 
And keep your pie tins close, preheaters, because November is coming, and I think there may be another pie headed your way. Mm. Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get this episode on to the cooling rack. Next week, we're kicking off a month of celebrations. Preheated is turning two, and we're honoring our second turn around the sun with all things around. Woohoo! <laughs> Tune in for a festive month with a fun and challenging theme and lots of great goodies. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we're at Preheated Pod. If you like our show, please do tell a friend and subscribe, and consider ranking and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download our podcast. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.